I'm Alex and this is the Geordie Guide to Happiness. This is our sixth episode and we're very glad you've joined us for another interview. If you've not listened to the other episodes yet, you can catch up on our podcast platforms. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and our website. I'm here in our virtual studio with the rest of the podcast team, Kath, Chris and Dom. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How's everyone doing? It's the uh, middle of the August summer holidays. How are we doing? I've got two more days at work before I'm on holiday. Woo. I can't tell you how good this feels. <laughs> two weeks off. <sighs> so you won't, you won't be anywhere near a computer, will you? Uh, I'm going I'm to say... Yeah, I'm going to leave all the devices at home when we disappear up to Northumberland, but I, I, something's going to sneak in. It'll be an iPad oh, or something. And Sounds nice, disappearing up to Northumberland. Oh, I love that it? part of the world. I got married up there. Uh, but it's it's just it's a real escape. It's not that far away as well. So, yeah. That's it. We're, cool. we're off camping, actually, this weekend. We're going to be heading up into Northumberland, up to Herding Hill near Holtwhistle. Um, oh wow! So oh, nice. that'll be nice. The last time we were there, they were they would serve pizzas to your tent. They delivered it. <laughs> so if they're still doing that, that's what I'll be doing: ordering pizza and having it delivered. Would would you would you like a story? <laughs> Always, Kath. Yep. <laughs> it, 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 you've you've both just reminded me of it. But I used to spend my summer holidays um, touring round the Northumberland farms. Because my dad uh, was a lorry driver for British Railways, as it was then. So we would get up at, and have to be on the first train out uh, in the morning hmm. to get to um, either Morpeth Goods Yard to pick up cattle feed for the farmers. And I would be his van lad and I would, I would be with my dad the whole time uh, delivering around all these beautiful, beautiful places. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, extremely happy memories of, of sharing good times with dad while he was at work oh, yeah, and lovely. being introduced to Northumberland mm. yeah. places I wouldn't have seen otherwise mm. gorgeous hmm. thanks Kath <laughs> yeah. shall we introduce this week's guest interview we shall so it's uh, it's my turn this week uh, I got the chance to talk to Lucy Fenwick uh, who's uh, another Newcastle resident I think, which was your idea Alex I believe yeah, well, you both like bikes, so I thought it made sense to, to hook you two up. I think the words you're looking for are the greatest invention known to humankind. Oh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you'll find that's the roller skates, actually. Okay, well, I won't fight you here, but we'll, <laughs> we'll come back to this later. So I had a lovely time talking to Lucy. Um, this is our conversation now where we did talk about getting out on two wheels into the, the beautiful Northumberland countryside that we've just been talking about, but also about her family and what it's been like coming to Newcastle from uh, from outside. She's uh, not a native Geordie, but uh, an adopted Geordie um, from down in the East Midlands. So this is, uh, this is Lucy. Lucy, hi. Welcome to uh, the Geordie Guide to Happiness. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> yes. Excellent. <laughs> what sort of day has it been? Um, it's been one of sitting in front of the computer, actually in silence because my little boy's gone back to nursery this week so it's been nice 
So this, uh, and is this kind of working from home thing? Is this is this a new thing for you? Has it always been part of what you've what no, you've done? No, it's very new. So I started um, my current position, um, which is in community engagement, uh, the day after lockdown started. So I haven't actually met any of my participants or my colleagues or been in the building or anything. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's been an interesting few months. <laughs> So, so it, probably interesting with Bunny Rabbit is uh, sort of inverted commas. Um, it, uh, do you miss the old way of doing things, or is this kind of a do you, do you kind of like the arrangement that you've got now? Is it, is it working okay for you? Um, so it's it's been really it's been very challenging working from home with a toddler at mm. home. Um, definitely, my husband's frontline NHS, so he has basically worked six days a week. 14 hours a day since this started so I haven't seen him so that's been really challenging um, since he's gone back it's been it's been a lot nicer it's been like it's been nice because you can put you know put your dinner on for later and come back and do some work and and all of that but I do I'm missing like the physical contact with people I'm definitely it's much harder to have a team meeting via zoom like and um, everything's done via whatsapp like little quick messages um, it's a shame that, that you're not in the room together Definitely. So are you one of these people that kind of likes to have people around you? Um, you sort of get energy from being yeah. amongst people. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely um, a people person. Um, I think that's been the hardest thing of this whole situation. Like not, especially when we're in full on lockdown, not, not have seeing anybody like the most exciting thing was giving blood um and the nurse had to actually touch me to, to take my blood <laughs> i was like wow um, so it wasn't the biscuit that was the exciting bit i mean the, that was pretty good as well uh, the, right, cool, the, cool. the crisps and the biscuit and the juice and uh, not having my son with me for an hour was amazing <laughs> oh bless you mentioned you mentioned the, uh, the phrase community engagement or something you did but I don't really know what that is. And I suspect that some people listening to this podcast might not know either. So what, what does it involve? What's your, what's your thing that you do? Well, I guess I've always done community work in some form. So I started off in museum service and it was with more formal educational groups. Um, then it moved into getting people cycling. Then it was a family cooking project. And now it's working with older people. And it's, I guess it's, it's being the facilitator and it's helping people in whatever community it is whether it's the formal side or not and it's just helping them find confidence and links and um learning new skills and meeting people and I guess yeah it's for me I always view it as yeah being that facilitator that conduit I guess sounds fantastically varied like there must be so many different things that you're that very difficult to kind of identify like a typical day um I don't really think I have a typical day at the moment. Yeah. I don't think anybody has a, no. a typical day. Um, but I guess uh, all of the, the roles that I've have have involved lots of talking, um, having to get to grips with social media, which I'm still terrible at, really, um, and making links and partnerships and and like I said, giving giving people confidence and learning new skills. Excellent. Well, you've you very kindly agreed to, uh, to to come on the Geordie Guide for Happiness and to help us out with our to, trying to come to some sort of understanding about what happiness is and and it, is there a particular Geordie flavour of it. So thank you for that. Um, I wonder if I can if I can start this bit of the conversation by just kind of asking you. Well, when do you when when are you your happiest? Ooh, that's a really tough one, isn't it? Um, I most recently since the lockdown and and everything's went a bit mental um i guess being on my bike has the bike has always been a big thing for for quite a few years but it's 
that Sunday ride when I've been able to get out of the house and leave my little boy at home with his dad because his dad's had a day off. Um, it's just that's been my absolute moment of, of happiness, getting out, really looking forward to it all week, being absolutely distraught if the weather was bad and I couldn't get out on the Sunday. That's when I've been very, very happy recently. So, so dis- describe for us one of these uh, one of these Sunday rides. I mean, what's what happens? Where do you go? What do you do? Well, ideally, the sun's shining, and I'm working on my amazing <laughs> cycling suntan. Um, obviously, northeast doesn't always happen. So, I live in Gosforth. Um, so, I really it's a really well known cycling route if you if you're onto your road bike. So, um, I head out towards Kirkley um, and then drop down. Um, to go through like Ogle, Walton, up to Belsay, well, yeah, um, go down Bolam Lakes, drop back down to Belsay, go to the, if it was open on a normal day, go to the blacksmiths mm. for your refill, like free refill of your coffee. Um, and then, and then head, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then head back. So it's about 38 miles. Yeah, I think I've done that route a couple of times. It's it's, it's dead nice. It's, a nice um, it, it's, the, it's the countryside around there that I, that I like. I mean, uh, uh, when you're cycling, are you... Are you are you in the zone? Are you just saying, yeah, I'm cycling, I'm cycling, I'm cycling? Or are you sort of looking around? Are you sort of taking in what's around you? Or what's what's going on in your head? I guess it's a bit of a mix. Like, I love the countryside around there. It is beautiful. Um, and I always go through all the little villages and think, oh, it'd be really lovely to live there. And how amazing <laughs> is that garden? And then I remember that I can't garden and it wouldn't look like that if I lived there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess... I guess I zone out if I'm honest um, because I know the route so well now it's just my my headspace time so I probably think about loads of really random things and obviously having to pay attention to to the road users and all that sort of stuff but yeah it's just that moment of um, a bit of time of escape I guess I don't really think about anything consciously I guess yeah so it's, it sounds like it's a, a it's a solitary solitary moment a chance for you to kind of step back i mean give you you said that you're somebody that kind of likes having people around you um but this is this seems like this is a moment for you for you just to kind of take that step out is that um, what's going on there yes and no like i always traditionally did that route with my parents-in-law who um so my father-in-law is who I credit for getting me back into cycling in the way that I do it now. Um, so I always used to go out with them. And before lockdown, I would never really dream of doing it on my own. I always would just be like, I would just go out with them because it was that having a bit of a chat with my mother-in-law because we're a lot slower than my father-in-law um, and catching up on stuff and going to get that, sitting down and having that coffee at the cafe and stuff. Um, so normally it's, it's, it's with a small group um but you still have that time i guess cycling you are in that group and you can have that chat and stuff but i guess it's just knowing that the people are there but you don't necessarily have to chat like i, I like that but yeah. um since lockdown obviously I've, I've had to do it on my own um and the first time i did that was stupidly was really scary like it, it just seemed a bit like oh it's a really long way and what if this happens what if that happens but actually doing it on my own was great and and gave me quite a lot of confidence to to do it again and do it more and and vary the route and that sort of thing tell us a bit more about that that bit about your father-in-law getting involved in cycling were were you were you a reluctant cyclist in those days or um, did you have to be kind of dragged onto a bike or was it sort of i've always wanted to do this i i guess i am a very typical um 
woman um in that you know i lived my bike as a kid i could describe my bike when i learned to ride and it had the white basket with the pink trim around it and i remember my dad um i remember realizing my dad had let go when i was learning to ride without my stabilizers lived on quite a steep hill it was quite scary um so i remember that vividly i remember my next bike was a purple rally bike that i think everybody had in the early 90s um, i think I, I think i know which one you mean yeah. actually I, I didn't have it but i think i know which one you're yeah. talking about <laughs> everyone had that bike um so and you know when i pedaled and i rode my bike like a lot of girls do until i probably till i hit secondary school then I stopped riding and we used to, um, my birthday treat was to go around this place called Rutland Water. So mm. I'm from Leicester originally. Um, so Rutland Water is a reservoir. It's about 17 miles to go all the way around, 20 something to do the peninsula. Um, and that used to be my birthday treat with my dad was to go and cycle around that. And then I got to about 14 and was like, dad, this isn't, this isn't a birthday <laughs> treat anymore. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then I stopped using my bike completely, really. And then um, I moved up to Newcastle to do my master's. And I lived with my now parents-in-law and my now husband lives there for about a year. And I have no idea how I ended up on a bike ride with them. Um, but I borrowed my mother-in-law's really classic um, specialized stump jumper. And if if you're really into bikes, it's the iconic um, red and yellow one. Um, a lot of people of a certain age look at it when you're on a bike ride at night and everyone's like, ooh, that's vintage. That's so nice. stump, jump, stump, stump jumper. Stump, stump jumper. Yeah. So are we talking about it's something quite solid here? So it's, or a, it's, it's a mountain bike. It's, yeah. um, it's about 20 years old now. Um, it's actually like two sizes too small for me, but it's a <laughs> lovely ride and I really like it. So um, she was very nice and gave it to me when she upgraded. Um, so, um, yeah, anyway, so I just ended up on this bike ride with them um, and we did like 30 of miles on the first time out. I think I went because I didn't have a lot in common with my father-in-law. Like he's lovely, mm. but he doesn't chat um so and he's really into sport and um i was like okay i'll go on a bike ride with you yeah, <laughs> and yeah. uh started yeah. from there really so that first time of doing doing 30 miles because that sounds a lot you know yeah. miles, a long way in 30 miles yeah so it, it, how, how did you feel afterwards what was the oh, broken obviously yeah um, all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i was tired i borrowed my husband's cycling shorts they didn't really fit very well um you know the usual yeah. but like it was addictive and i think that's what i really like about it as well is that challenge and even if it's a route that you do all the time you can push yourself to go quicker i mean i don't strive for strava recognition you know i don't need to be top of the leaderboard because i never will be um but i just like to know that i've pushed myself as much as i can um and, and you can do that on a new route or one that you know a lot well. Um, it's just, yeah, it's that. I've lost my train of thought now. But <laughs> No, 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 that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, Stra Strava is an interesting one because uh, I, I used to use Strava um, to, do, to do exactly that. You know, I, I know I, I, like you, I was never going to be sort of top of the leaderboard unless I kind of created my own target. And then I was the first one to get it. And then for like 30 <laughs> seconds, I'd be like king of the hill or something like that. Um, but... I, I, I kind of stopped because there was a point where I thought, actually, if if I'm out cycling and I'm not measuring myself, then it's like it didn't happen. Mm. You know, so I was stopping paying attention to all the stuff around me and thinking about well, how nice it is today and how great I'm feeling. I'm just thinking, need to go faster, need to go faster, need to go faster. And I just thought, no, stop. But then, then I got ill and I just kind of never got back into it. So I mm. still go out for bike rides, but not, uh, but not really use it. Um, so, so would you, 
Um, are you the sort of cyclist that you know pays a lot of attention to um, the the kit and the gear? Because I know there's there's a lot of people, some friends of mine, that will gladly kind of talk to you for days, and that's where they get a lot of their happiness is is through yeah from the cycling, but also the the stuff. Is that you? No, not at all. Okay, not at all. I couldn't tell you what my gear ratios were. I can tell you. I can tell you what makeup bike I've got. Um, I don't know how much it weighs. Um, I, that does not interest me at all. Um, you know, I know how to maintain my bike. I can index my gears. I can do a flat tire. I can do all of that, but the, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered about the mechanical. Um, I'm not fussed about having the newest kit. As long as it's functional, it works and it's comfy. That's all good. Um, I just genuinely like getting out on my bike. Um, and just being outside and that you know when you're on a ride and it just and everything just works and your legs are mm. feeling good there's not a horrible headwind for once um and the weather's nice and there's lots of you've seen all the wildlife and it's not too busy but you, there's a few of the cyclists that you can just do the little acknowledgement to and I, that's just that's what i really like definitely is there a is there sort of a greatest moment like you've ever had while you've been on the bike so like a, an achievement which you kind of d did and you realized you were doing it at the time or something that all sticks in your mind so that that moment is is kind of the, the talismanic thing in your mind about why cycling is great i don't know actually i guess like one of the things that really a really early well not really early so I, I was really lucky to work for Sustrans, um so national cycling charity so i did that for six years i had various roles um it's brilliant awesome time before I got into that before I started to work for them I went on a bike ride with my very good friend from home lives down in London now and uh, this is before I knew how to even fix a puncture we just decided to get the train up to Berwick and we pedaled from Berwick down to Whitley Bay um did it overnight that's quite a way that's... yeah but we did it overnight so it was only like 50 odd miles each day it wasn't that bad uh, but we decided to go to Holy Island like you do and like you uh, do. got a puncture <laughs> um like you do and i just remember sitting there with helen and just being like what do we do i have no idea but we were determined that we weren't going to ring anybody um and and we fixed it and we sorted it out um probably could have done it more efficiently and then we carried on and, and did the rest of the ride and it was awesome so that's probably like the moment that like sticks in my head is just being with my mate like having an adventure being self-sufficient doing something we both really enjoyed definitely um but i think the other moments probably come from working with sustrans and mm. i've taught a lot of kids how to ride bikes that's been really cool um and the joy on their face when they get it is amazing um but i was also really fortunate to run a um ladies only cycling project down in sunderland and that was so rewarding because these were women who you know i taught a 75 year old how to ride a bike which was amazing i mean she was an amazing mm -hmm. woman anyway um so that that sort of helping an adult to learn is something quite different and quite special to a kid um and you know these women who were like well i never learned because my dad never taught me and my brother got the bike and i didn't and it was that mm. kind of thing um so that and and seeing these women growing confidence and go on to do like coast to coast and that sort of stuff was was really satisfying and, and and yeah makes me very happy still do you remember what it was that that made that that woman decide at the age of 75 that now is the time so to she, do it this is I, what's what was what was driving what was motivating so she had a list of things that um 
that she wanted to do so her husband passed away about five years before um she's very very socially active um volunteered was in a choir all these things but she never learned to ride a bike and then she never learned to swim um oh and she learned how to play the guitar as well these were her three <laughs> things and um and i helped her with the, the riding a bike i mean Excellent. she she would she would admit that she would never never do a massive bike ride or anything but she was going on holiday with some other female friends and um one of them owned a villa in italy and there was bikes and they were all going on this bike ride and she really wanted to be able to join oh, them on that their sounds bike fantastic ride. so that was her motivation is there do you, do you have a, fa- a fantasy bike ride like that so that there's somewhere in the world that you think if i just take my bike there and just just go out for a ride where would it be i'd love to be able to do like a stage of one of the grand tours like that would be pretty mm. epic when it's nice weather uh not yeah. anyway but realistically <laughs> that's never going to happen because <laughs> i'm really not fit enough anymore but um yeah something like that would be pretty cool or my parents-in-law last year did land's end john o'groats um wow yeah i mean they're mental they're pretty awesome um, <laughs> mental but awesome so i'd love to I'd, I'd really that's definitely something i'd like to do but they had atrocious weather they were doing it this time last year and i don't know if you remember mm. but it literally rained like oh yes that's right horrifically yeah. for the whole three weeks <laughs> so so yeah. we should we should probably explore this this bit about cycling and exercise generally which is that sometimes it's not fun <laughs> you could be stuck out there in the rain and the wind your legs turning to jelly you could be cycling or you're running or, or, or whatever and mm-hmm. it's just awful and you know somebody looking at that from the outside must be thinking why on earth do you do it what's the point you know that at that moment you cannot possibly be happy so why are you doing it why are you there what's what's the what's what's it giving you Oh, it's the endorphins, isn't it? I am totally an endorphin junkie. Like if right. I if I don't get out in some form every day, it's not necessarily cycling, but even just going for that walk, like I definitely mm. get that caged tiger. So, I mean, I'm not like so. When I worked for Sustrans, it was very much like you do not use your car, obviously, because it's a green charity. Um, yep. So I have literally cycled in every weather. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Sometimes I hated it. Really hated it. Um, yeah. I'm not quite that extreme now because I think I definitely got that out of my system. Um, yeah, you've done your time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, I, I'm realistic about when I go out. So I don't mind getting wet. It's fine. Mm. But if it's absolutely torrential and it's a horrifically windy day, then I'm, I'm not a glutton for punishment. Um, no. But if you're training for something, if, you, if you're training for... I don't know, the Great North Bike Ride or the Cyclone or something, then you need to get your miles in. So you do have to sometimes just put your waterproofs on and get on with it. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine saying that it doesn't matter what you're wearing because you, you've got waterproof legs on. So <laughs> what's the problem? <laughs> the worst <laughs> is when you've got... I was out last year at one point and um, I had my overs on and um, it was so wet. I was absolutely saturated. And we went down a hill and all the water in my shoes rushed to my toes and I, I just remember thinking, this was a really bad idea. <laughs> but, but it was awful. It was horrible. We had shelter under a tree. And my father-in-law doesn't normally let me do this. So, um, But anyway, and we were on the Belsay route. Yeah. We went to the blacksmiths. And we literally rocked up like the only cyclist there. Because those people are sensible. And um, <laughs> I just looked at her and was like can we come in and she they were so lovely they got us bin liners so we could sit on the oh, bin liners so we didn't ruin their chairs so that sounds like they were prepared oh, they yeah. sort I of mean, knew so somebody's gonna rack up that yeah. day <laughs> i mean like it, 
there's certain if you if you do cycle you don't need to be in like a club or anything but if you just cycle around northumberland and stuff like there are loads of cycling cafes and they they get it because they're used to having you come in they get what you need the refillable free refills of your coffee and bin liners um Mm. stuff that you know every cyclist needs yeah quite <laughs> you mentioned I, people listen to the podcast won't be able to see that but we, we can see each other at the moment even though we're in different places because mm-hmm. we're on webcams while we're recording this and i can see behind you there's a whole there's a lovely kind of gallery of kind of family pictures up there which mm-hmm. i'm i'm guessing are your uh your, your partner and you and your My little child. boy yeah. little boy um he looks t- too young to be getting into cycling yet but are you are you have you is that a project you've started oh this is a sore subject <laughs> oh, oh is it okay oh dear <laughs> no <laughs> so basically um i've got i got he's had a balance bike for ages and right. he was absolutely desperate to get on this balance bike. as soon as he was tall enough he was on this mm. balance bike loved it his balance phenomenal absolutely amazing so Excellent. for christmas he got mm. a really nice frog 43 bike i mean oh yeah beautiful thing of mm. thing of beauty it's bright red it's it'll last forever they're <sighs> just gorgeous such such a nice bike anyway mm. um so he loves the bike and his balance is amazing i was like right let's put your pedals on so he just refuses to pedal <laughs> um and i i am being quite a pushy parent about this and i need to step back um, but anyway, so he just, he just, and I was like, fair enough. Okay. You, you don't understand the pedal motion. We never gave you stabilizers. Fine. So one of my really amazing volunteers for my sister's days made him his mm. own turbo trainer. Oh, I, it's amazing. Oh, so I think my heart might be ready to break. <laughs> so he's got his own little turbo so he can just drop it into the stand. Um, so when I'm on my spin bike or, or if I've set my turbo up, um, he can pedal with me and he was really into it for like two days and his pedaling. Yeah spot on brilliant sorted mm. cracked it taking back outside mummy mummy i am too little i cannot pedal <laughs> i was like no george you can like honestly i've taught loads of kids to ride <laughs> you are ready so he just refuses <laughs> to do it and i think it's a complete control thing um so when he yeah. chooses to do it <laughs> mm. it will be really good um but i mean he's only three that is quite young really um but the really frustrating thing is, is i've seen a few friends um on social like just out and about socially distance walks or via sort of virtual play dates and stuff and they're like mm. oh so we've got a bike but i was like all right we'll do x y and z text message the next day oh they're pedaling <laughs> but you know what's going to happen is that he's going to grow up and he's going to be you know so into it this got this, so. because he'll have done it on his own terms yeah i'm sure it is it's that yeah he's probably the feeling of that being out of control now but maybe maybe once he kind of works it out for himself and gets comfortable it's his decision he's yeah. done it and that's because yeah. my, my my kids are um they're quite a bit older than yours my <laughs> daughter's 15 and, and my son is 13 and they were both kind of they took a long time to kind of get to that stage but then all of a sudden it was like click yeah and um and they got it and for for abby my daughter i think i, I think it's because she kind of looked around and saw that all her friends were doing it exactly and, and, and at the moment yeah he's not seeing any of his friends oh, oh, yeah. so he can't see them guy. <laughs> yeah but yeah i Which... just need to back off i need to stop being a pushy parent but it's i think it's because <laughs> it's the one thing that i'm really passionate about and mm. i i know how to teach him and i know how to do it i've taught loads of kids <laughs> he just won't but... yeah yeah <laughs> um so so much for cycling i just wonder what else is there you know if it's, if it's not about cycling in your life what, what are the other things that you would say kind of bring you a sense of happiness 
Um, I think, I mean, there's like all the usual things about like being with your friends and family and, and that sort of thing. And and really missing them, obviously, at the moment and, and can't wait mm. to sort of do that again. But anything sort of that... Um, anything active, like I really... That definitely for me is the thing that helps my mental well-being like i said like i'm very much a caged tiger if i don't get out for a walk or i don't do a pilates session i need to do something um Mm. i generally don't know what else makes me happy to be honest you know happiness feels you feel it on the inside but i mean how would somebody that knows you know that you're happy Um, uh does anything change or are you are you sort of happy on the inside and I don't know. I probably, I, did, I, I have quite, I've, I've often told that I have quite a good smile and it's quite genuine. So I think mm-hmm. that if I'm, if I'm happy, then yeah. it comes out in that, I guess. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Okay. Sorry, that's a really that's... poor answer. It's not at all. No, no, it's a great answer. Um, I mean, it, when I was writing some of these questions down, I was thinking, oh, you know, everyone's going to say smile. Um, do you want people to say that? But actually, no, no. If, if you know, smiling and that kind of outward appearance of being happiness, I think, is really important because everyone else kind of picks up on it, and yeah. it's all part of. That's that's something that we're missing quite a lot at the moment is just Definitely. picking up other people's emotions. Definitely. I really miss that. I've just done um, some virtual training, and I don't know. We we used. Um, Microsoft Teams is it rather so a lot mm. of what we're doing is Zoom or FaceTime and that my, sort of my life is spent on Microsoft Teams at the moment that's... I don't like it I find it really hard <laughs> I think because I'm just not used to it as an interface but anyway I yeah, couldn't yeah. work out how to see the other people so unless mm. they were talking I couldn't see them and yeah. um and then it, it, she screen shared and we had to we we're doing the presentation it was like Q&A type thing and I couldn't see any of the other participants so I didn't know when like what their cues were were they going to speak were they not it, mm. oh, I really didn't like it like it's yeah I don't know what I did wrong with it but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like you did anything wrong with it to be honest <laughs> just one of those things yeah. so so along with that I mean what would you we sort of talked about some of the things that actively make you happy um but other other things that you would say kind of get in the way of that what, what are the things in life that get in the way of happiness sort of the barriers to it that you you know if you could just kind of get everything out of the way what are those things that make feeling happy when you want to tricky sometimes um time i guess and commitments having a small person is really hard (laughs) Mm. yeah like that's what i was saying so i i for for three months i could only go out on my bike on a sunday when my husband wasn't at work and I had someone to look after George because um, mm. he is quite a large three-year-old um, <laughs> and wouldn't sit on the back of my bike anyway. <laughs> right. It would definitely be a, a proper training session if he was on the back. Um, <laughs> like, and, and so, yeah, I guess that uh, having to make those sacrifices. Um, but yeah, just having to put all the other things first to, to, yeah. to then get to th- that time to go out. And, and, you know, we're in exceptional times at the moment. It's not not like that normally normally i teach um indoor cycling three times a week um mm. and so that would be another release so if i wasn't able to get out on my bike it was okay because i was still clocking it up type thing on, uh, indoors but obviously that's all stopped as well so it's been a yeah. massive drop from being really active and outdoors and being out all the time to nothing <laughs> yeah yeah okay so some sort of circumstances and yeah. commitments and everything get in the way okay uh, i mean does your work does your work make you happy is that 
Yeah, no, it does. Um, it's I mean, so acknowledging that you, your employer might be listening to this, so <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not putting you in a difficult position. <laughs> it's really awkward at the moment because, um, so the project that I'm now working on, like, like I said, I only started the day after lockdown. The building's been mm. shut since just like the week before then. It was a brand new project. We'd right. only, I so there was an, another officer in for three months before I joined um, and they'd literally done some consultation and a launch event and that was it. And then we got put into lockdown. So we don't have an existing audience. We are literally mm. building from scratch. We haven't got a unique offer yet because we don't, we could go on what, what the consultation said before, but that's all going to change when we come out yeah. of lockdown. So yeah, my work does make me happy, definitely. But at the moment, it's just a bit. <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult to find that happiness in it because it's so, so different. Yeah. I just I, I guess no it is it, now I feel more of the team and I'm contributing um mm. in different ways and definitely I, I'm starting to feel satisfaction and I'm happier with it but at the beginning I was a bit like what have I done yeah. what's going on yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I get that um something else I wanted to ask you about because you said earlier about where you'd um you'd grown up so you said Leicestershire down to sort of Rutland yep. uh Rutland Waterway um one of the things that Alex, who's leading this project, and I talked a little bit about it, but we, we had to acknowledge the fact that uh, she's from London, I'm from Edinburgh, what on earth are we doing <laughs> trying to create a podcast series about the Geordie Guide to Happiness? Yeah. Surely we don't deserve that. Uh, but we talk quite a lot about being in Newcastle, living in Newcastle, coming to Newcastle from the outside, um, and how that makes us feel. And I just kind of, obviously, you've, you, you came here to the university to do your master's, as you said, um, and you stayed yeah. obviously it sounded like there was you know there was, there was family you sort of found somebody you're still here uh you're still in newcastle you haven't moved away is there anything in particular about newcastle or being a geordie an adopted geordie that is a source of happiness i was going to say my husband would definitely point out that i'm, I'm not a proper geordie um, <laughs> would, he, would he say that he is a proper geordie yeah because he was born right. on the right side of the tyne is officially what he Ooh, says okay, and he's right, from right, the right. bay and we'll have to we'll do his like the little from the bed. <laughs> um, so, and I'm a southerner apparently uh, although I'm from the Midlands and it's a very different place um yeah anyway um yeah no. having lived in Derbyshire for a bit yeah 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 I know I yeah know. yeah it's very different <laughs> whole whole different yes. part of the world um mm -hmm. I so I moved up here so I met my husband at university in Nottingham and then um yeah I came up here to do my MA and and this was uh, okay like 12 years ago something like that I just love mm -hmm. it like I love the the feel like it's so corny isn't it but everyone's really friendly like it sounds really <laughs> pathetic but even in lockdown when you're having to cross the other side of the road there's always that you're right <laughs> type thing <laughs> um so it's definitely friendly and I think the thing that I really love and that my family love like they're all really jealous that I live up here and um, all my family is still down in Leicester right but they come up a lot and they love um, my dad's got a caravan and they go to um, Seton Delaval Way and that, mm -hmm. on that um, caravan park and they come up here for weeks because they just absolutely love it. They love the scenery, they love being at the coast, but then you can get up to like Hadrian's Wall, there's all the history, like it's just such a such a great place, isn't it? It's, it's the people, it's the countryside, it's the attitude, it's mm. the culture. You know, Leicester's had a definite resurgence. They found Richard. It was very important. They won the premiership. <laughs> Pretty cool. Um, but I don't know, just up here. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah, oh. we, haven't, we, we haven't won the premiership for a bit up here. 
<laughs> Do you need to find the king days. under the car park and then you're going to win everything? <laughs> Is there somewhere in particular in Newcastle that, that kind of, that's your, your happy place? Oh, down by the coast, definitely. So I suppose the thing is, I don't, I don't sort of think of Newcastle just as Newcastle City because mm. I don't think you can. I think for me, it's it's Tynemuir and mm. South Northumberland, definitely. That it's all one place for me. Which I know if you're from, <laughs> from certain areas, you don't think like that. But as an outsider, that's how I see it. Um, yeah. So definitely down by the coast. Um, just, I mean, it's beautiful up in Northumberland, like Jurich Bay and places, but. Just, just like Whitley Bay, Colour Coats, Time Mouth, like just that little stretch. I just love, I love, I think coming from the Midlands as well, going to the seaside was such a treat. Like we only mm. ever went on bank holidays. We used to go to Hunstanton um, and, you know, it'd take like three hours to get there and you get a few hours and then you'd have to sit in the traffic coming back. And so to have it on my doorstep now practically is just, yeah, I love that. And if I'm ever stressed, I, I would go and have a walk down the beach. And even if it's really windy and horrible, uh, wouldn't bother me be great sometimes that's best you know yeah no one else there. Sort of, yeah <laughs> nobody else there and it just kind of feels like a proper workout i think it's, you know? it's the noise that i really okay. like of the the waves crashing something really therapeutic about that and when i first um moved up here and i lived in whitley bay with my parents-in-law i was like i remember really vividly being in the garden and being like what's that noise and it was the foghorn I'd never heard a foghorn before and like and that pre-warning that all of a sudden this weird mystical like <laughs> fog was going to suddenly envelop the garden which even that seems really cool if you come from the midlands so yeah yeah it's a different world yeah <laughs> because we're creating a guide for happiness part of i think part of our job is to is to kind of help spread that a little bit um so we were wondering Obviously, there's, there's, there's plenty in your life that is a source of happiness to you. But if you if you had to kind of give people advice, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it could be about, you know, what to do to kind of get that cycling bug, or it could be something completely different. It could be something about the, the place or the countryside. I mean, it, what, what, what advice would you give people about kind of boosting that happiness? Oh, that's really tricky, isn't it? Like, how do mm-hmm. <laughs> you make someone else happy? <laughs> um, I suppose if it's cycling related, then and if it's something that you've always wanted to do but you've been for whatever reason very reluctant to or nervous or whatever there are lots of little ways that you can that you can get out there um so whether it's going out with a friend that you trust so not necessarily your partner because sometimes there's that added like well don't do it because you're doing it like this or this sort of thing so someone that you you trust or a friend or whatever and doing a route and doing it often and one that you know and the more you know it the more you know what to expect like do it at a time when you're not time pressured do it when the weather's nice get your bike checked out before you go so there's less risks of having a mechanical all those things can I think make it easier to get out for that first time Um, and then like if you like it great keep going and keep building up on it if you don't that's not the end of the world there'll be something else that you you really love to do as well I guess um it's finding your thing though isn't it what's the thing that's going to make you happy i love my bike i love going on my spin bike i love all of that stuff my husband doesn't like bikes not so much because his dad (laughs) pushed him too much when he was little so i need to remember that Ah, there you go lucy thank you so much for talking to me today it's been an absolute blast um so the geordie guide to happiness thanks you and uh hopefully i don't know maybe i'll see you out on the bike someday (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, Lucy. Bye-bye. Bye.
So that was my conversation with Lucy. Um, what do people think? I think Lucy has the happiest voice. Doesn't she just? <laughs> she just made me feel happy because of her yeah. voice. And and then with regard to what she was talking about, I only understood one word in three. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sure I think Chris might might know already that I'm not a cyclist. <laughs> And the the cycling language I just I found absolutely amazing. Thinking these these people are so intense, <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously get so much fun out of, out of doing what. It's funny do. talk, talking um, talking to Lucy and comparing her with some of my other bicycle uh, bicycling friends that she was she was pretty moderate. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> you can get really, really really deep into oh the goodness. the cycling oh, lore, but uh, no. yeah. And I'm almost frightened to ask, but what is Strava? <laughs> ah, okay, yes, no, fair point, fair point. Strava is an app that you can get on your phone that you take with, so you turn it on when you go out on a cycle ride, you go for a run, and it will record where you've been and how fast you were going when you were there. And then it will tell all your mates. And that's the. It's for proper stats geeks, isn't it? I love it. Is it. A little, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good for Right, fun. well, that, that lets me out. Um, but the thinking about cycling brought back a lovely memory of, of the family um, when they all of the family were together and they took me to an island that didn't have any traffic on other than a bike that you hired when you got oh. off the ferry. Um, so everyone had the same bike, the whole... Um, and I hadn't been on a bike for a long, long time. And my two grandsons cycled four times the distance than anybody else because they kept having to come back to see if <laughs> was all right. <laughs> but I have super memories. That makes me feel happy thinking about that. Cool. Thanks, Kath. <laughs> Don, what about you? Oh, I, I made a note while I was listening to it. I, I wrote, cycling makes Lucy very happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, full stop. Yeah. How about you, Alex? I, I, I was similar to, to Kath, actually. Yeah, I made a note about how I, I just love how each hobby, pastime, passion that somebody's into, there is this sort of specific specialism, you know, like whether it's particular bikes or, you know, with, with roller derby and skating, there's particular plates, particular duros of wheels. If you're running particular brands of trainers that you buy to run in. And I just love all of the kind of, yeah, detail <laughs> that people get really passionate about and, and in, interested in. Um, so that's something that I kind of picked up on. And I think also just sort of listening back to a talking, I think we, we sound like quite similar people in terms of we are both people, mm. people, 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 people. <laughs> we are people, people. Um, and, you know, sort of working in community engagement, that's kind of what really kind of gets us going mm. um, and being with others and yeah, hearing their stories and yeah. So uh, I, 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 I was empathetic, empathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I felt, yeah. yes, the, the, there was it, a connection there. Yes. It was lovely when she was talking about, her, was it her little boy mm -hmm. who didn't use the pedals? I know, <laughs> and wouldn't um, use I the pedals. That was superb, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful story, yeah. Really good laugh. Thanks, Chris, that was really good. I enjoyed listening to that. 
So if you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thegeordieguidetohappiness.co.uk, or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Geordie Guide, or Facebook, The Geordie Guide to Happiness. Um, I'm going to hand over to Dom because you are introducing next week's Ooh. interview. Yes. So I'll be talking to Sid Smith, a uh, local writer and general bon viveur. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear me ask him questions like this. What is happiness to you? And you can hear Sid giving answers like this. I think it's about being in balance. You know, it's about, it's about kind of... Uh, you know, life is such a tightrope, uh, or it can be such a tightrope. And so for me, it's about sort of staying, maintaining a balance. Well, I think that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Hope you join us again for our next episode. Mm-hmm.